1: I'm
2: all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky
3: team.
4: <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a <laughs> <question>. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program.
1: Good morning, Tom. How you
4: doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program.
5: Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into our tour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I told you today was going to be a little bit like a trip to the library because we had all authors booked today. And this hour, we have a father and daughter co-author team of a uh, new book coming home. It's uh, part two of... Um, the Treasure Tree Series, and uh, joining me by phone to talk about that is um, Bruce and Verne Ewing. Um, Dr. Bruce, welcome, and uh, Verne welcome to you as well.
2: Thank you so much. We're glad to be here.
5: Thank you. We're so excited to be here.
4: Now, I uh, was reading some things about... Uh, Uh, about this book and and apparently there's a third book in the series that will be coming out in the near future Um, and and why is it definitely a series You, you anticipate more installments it's not just a trilogy
5: yes we definitely anticipate more installments we actually plan on having five books in all for this particular series
4: Now, I've got to ask you, because at at some point, the uh, main character uh, runs into giant beasts and uh, an enormous (laughs) web and a band of crazed warriors. Is this fantasy fiction?
5: Yes, it actually is.
2: Yes, uh, we deal with fiction, and it's kind of like a parable type thing, like C.S. Lewis. The way that he does things, you know, the line which New and the wrote, Uh we like to take those type of things and put uh, meaningful uh, lessons to be learned in them and to edify, build up, and encourage people, you know, to engage in reading as well as uh, give them something to think about, <laughs> laugh about, cry about, you know, to be frightened about. <laughs> so that's kind of um, what we enjoy doing.
4: It's a little unusual to have uh, a father and daughter team. It's not unheard of. I've had guests on the show before, uh, fathers and daughters, mothers and daughters, who have uh, co-wrote. But it's not the norm. And this particular story has a romance in it. Um, Vernay, is that a little weird, writing about romance with your dad? (laughs)
5: Actually, no, it's not. I mean, I just give you a quick background. My dad, he's always um, told stories when my sister and I were really small, and just adventure stories. So I grew up with dad just being dad, and mom being just a huge part of our lives, and um, giving us just all kinds of stories. And I mean, we wanted to have a really great plot, a really thought-provoking plot, and. You know, one of the elements of having a good storyline is having that romance, is having, um, you know, that element in your book. And I'd like a good story that has a romance, and I'm pretty sure my dad says too. He's been married for how long have you been married, Dad?
2: 47 years. 47
5: years, right. so he's got a lot of wisdom on that, and I've been married a little over two years. So we both we both enjoy that, so it wasn't
1: weird. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, um, Bruce, you've been a pastor for 48 years and and 28 of those spent as a military chaplain, but you um, are a uh, marriage and family relationship consultant. Is that based on your experience as a pastor or being married for 47 years?
2: I think a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I thoroughly enjoy just helping people. And that I've always had that uh, inclination, even as a child, to just be helpful wherever I could. And God put it in my life just to be helpful to people. And the best way I could do that is to to serve. And what better way than being a pastor? Being a pastor, uh, I went to the military because that was a great need there. Uh, I saw that great need and I felt like I was called to that and that was an adventure in itself. I was
4: going to ask, um, if you don't mind, and it's a little parenthetical to our conversation about the uh, about the new book, Coming Home, but um, during what period of time were you a uh, military chaplain?
2: Well, actually, I came in 1973, uh, 75, actually, as a, a reservist, and I came on board in 76, and I retired in 05,
4: 04, yeah and were you mostly stateside or did you serve abroad
2: well we traveled all over the states and i spent two tours that's been a tour uh, you can call alaska a foreign land because that's where i spent the first one of my years but we were in okinawa uh, japan and also we were in germany uh, those are the two stations that outside of the united states that i served
4: did that change your perspective of uh, uh of the u s Bruce
2: It most certainly did. I found that I am in the best country in the world <laughs> <right>? <laughs> when you go when you go to other places, you realize how much you are blessed and you don't realize that until it's kind of like uh, you don't miss your water till the well runs dry well uh, if every American went outside America and stay for about three to six months in another place, I guarantee you they will come back home with a grateful heart of being born and he, being an American citizen, believe me.
4: And where do you call home now?
2: Well, actually, Louisiana is where we're living. I I retired from Barksdale Air Force Base, and uh, so we decided to make Louisiana our home, but we are from everywhere. My girls were born in Ohio, my wife in, in Lakeland, Florida, and I was in Pensacola, Florida. So, uh, And we culminated our venture right here in Louisiana. You,
4: you, you didn't want to go someplace that, that was way out of the hurricane belt? As long as it's warm. <laughs> <laughs>
5: and we're actually up north, so we oh, don't okay. get a lot of What, like New Orleans and, you know, down south or more up north.
2: Yeah, we're kind of of 30 miles away from Texas. Yes.
4: (laughs) Well, how did the two of you start writing together?
5: Well, actually, um, I guess I can give a little background. Like I said earlier, my dad, he's just always been... A vital part of our lives and storytelling and as I got older I decided to start writing on my own and that was contributed to me seeing other stories and shows and I'm like man I kind of wish the ending turned out this way and so I just decided to start writing my own stories and I just developed a love for that and my dad always enjoyed writing and he had an idea uh, for a treasure tree book and he just wanted to bring me along uh, the ride and ask me if I could be a part of it. And I was like, of course I would be a part of it. So that's kind of uh, a short synopsis of how we kind of came together to write the book.
4: And which came first for you, um, acting or writing?
5: Actually, writing came first. Because it was was like a hobby. I didn't even realize I was going to be an author. Now, I was an actor... Before I wrote this, you know, the Treasure Tree book, but writing has always been a joy of mine.
2: And she does very well at it, I <laughs> might say. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the one that uh, builds the foundation, put out all the blocks and things in place, and Renee builds on top of that. She has this uh, real great insight into how to put things together. Uh, My wife says I can write forever, and that's probably true, but then putting it in order and making sure that it fits, Renee has a real great insight to that, and I love writing with her. Uh, We have our struggles at times, you know, she's got her her mind about things, and so do I, but God melts us together so we can make a good product, and I have to give credit to God. He's the one that inspired us to do this. I had an old gentleman to say, uh, prophetically that, hey, you know, you should write God wants you to write some books. And I said, Oh, is that right? He said, Yes, he said, and five. I said, and five <laughs> and I just so anyhow, uh out of that I prayed about the whole matter and uh the Lord just opened up doors, opened up our minds to do this and I've always loved books. Uh mm, I had some difficulties at time when I was in mm-hmm. in school in, my, in the seventh grade and before that. Even reading, wasn't able to really comprehend. I could read words and say them, but not really comprehend it. And a guidance counselor and teacher pulled me aside and said, Hey, she said, you can do this. I'm going to teach you how to read and to enjoy that. And so she pulled me aside, Jean Wilson and began to read adventure books to me and then have me to write about those books and just put a love in my heart for that and from that I grew and i read everything especially mm-hmm. about adventure that I could get my hands on and uh, my grandmother and mom were catalysts to that little thing by telling their wild stories to me so <laughs> I put them in there and then pulled Renee into it because I told her the same kind of wild <laughs> stories and so uh, it's just been a great time we've had fun doing it and uh, to elevate uh, the hearts and minds of people to doing to understanding what is right and what is wrong to try to give them some type of guidance
1: uh,
2: and a platform to really critically process things through before you do it so that 's kind of like what the books entail too as well
4: um what are what are some of your favorite uh a- adventure uh stories that you read
2: anything by c.s lewis yeah you know i thoroughly enjoyed c.s lewis and then there was well, one of my favorite authors is Francine
5: rivers and she does a lot of uh, um, christian fiction books and i just enjoy one of her books or she has a trilogy that's out
2: that i really really enjoy and so uh, she's kind of yeah. an adventure romance writer <laughs> too. That's a bit. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Toph Dickens has been one of my favorites. You know, of of reading of reading and uh, along with Watchmen and some of the others. There's just a gamut of uh, readers that I like. Uh, Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens. Uh, thoroughly enjoy reading him. Some of the Eliot's, uh, Browning's books, and uh, just a. Uh, uh, yeah. and a, me- a merit of different authors that come to mind but uh, I read I read not just Christian books I read a lot of other books just to find out what people are and to give me some insight into what we should write about and with ch- some of the challenges out there that people are facing today uh, but we like to deal with it's a fiction but we like to have ch- it filled with truth and with some good
5: more
2: fiber yeah
4: yeah um i want to talk about the writing process with you uh for for a bit but we <coughs> excuse me we have a uh, break coming up here in just about a minute or so can you stick around for four or five minutes and then we'll talk some more about the book yeah. we love definitely it. that would be great my guests are uh, bruce and Verne ewing Uh, Vernay, am I saying your name right? You are. Okay, good. I'm terrible with names, so I always want (laughs) to ask. Um, And uh, they are the uh, father and daughter authors, co-authors of a book. Called coming home and it's book two in the treasure tree series and we're going to talk some more with them after we take a short break now if you're listening to us at wfov 92.1 fm our voices radio in flint they are a broadcast service of the flint odyssey house spectacle productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with Bruce and Vernay Ewing right after this.
1: Everybody's doing a brand new dance now.
4: Hi
6: this is Mark Farner and you're listening to
2: the Tom Sumner Program.
0: Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. tom sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from flint genesee county and throughout michigan
3: Remember those fabulous 60s? The Marches, the Beans the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. you will thrill to Society's Child by James Ian. Pleasant Valley Sunday by The Monkees. What Have They Done to the Rain by The Searchers. In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley. Silent Night, 7 o'clock news by Simon and Garfunkel. And who can ever forget this all-time classic... Yes, it's Barry McGuire's Immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War, all for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff's Airplane, no thawing hand people to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, Golden in protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering, but here's something will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package: just send 3.95 and check your money order plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's 3.95 and check your money to Apple House Box.
1: 70K. Do it today. The Time The Program.com. This is
0: Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now my conversation with the authors of Coming Home. They are uh, father and daughter co-authors Bruce and Vernay Ewing. They join me by phone. Bruce Vernet, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around.
5: Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us.
4: Now, just before the break, um, we just touched on this briefly, and I wanted to get into it some more about <clears throat> the writing process. Um, and and you were talking, Bruce, about building foundations, and and Vernet sort of coming in and and uh, coloring around that. How how does that actually how does that actually work, Bruce? Do you write a, a a treatment first and then Vernet reworks that. Writing is such a solitary thing. I always wonder how two people are able to do it together. (laughs) Yeah, what I do is I will write a story and then
2: Vernet will come behind that and she would read the entire thing and then fill it in and sometimes when I get it back it doesn't look like anything Anything. I've done.
1: Yeah, and
5: Dad, he does a cr- pretty good outline, um, and so then I'll come back in and just try to develop um, characters, try to develop the storyline to where um, things kind of connect more. So, I mean, it's, it's, it honestly it seems like if it was just one person, it probably wouldn't take as long, but because there's so many different ideas from, you know, both of us, and Dad, he has so many amazing ideas, and it's so much fun to kind of collab with with my father it's actually a treat even though (laughs) sometimes it took us about the coming home book it took about three years to write that book yeah Yeah. so it was it was um a good process it was um good
4: (laughs) this is the second book in the treasure tree series Um, Mm -hmm. do all the books in the series take place in the kingdom of true vine
2: Uh, for a uh, great degree, yes, it, it does, but there are there are developing areas that we have you know there are a lot of villages and things of that sort, so Truvine is not the only place. there are other areas that have uh, kingly dominions and that sort of thing. It's kind of of development of uh, treaties and cooperation <laughs> between uh, people. It's kind of like in the first book when you talk about the growers and the yeah. uh, City dwellers, city dwellers, and they kind of like move around uh, from one place to the other. But Truvine is the main area because out of there comes kind of like the flow of life for the whole the whole system.
4: Uh, and you two consider your books to be Christian books. What elements do you have to have in a book for it to be a Christian book versus a not Christian book?
2: Well. Basically, you know, there's there's truth. There's a belief in in a God. There's a belief in God, and then there is there's truth. There's purity. You know, there is lovely things. Uh, there is um, developing um, their walk
5: with Christ. I mean, there, it's all in there. Prayer, but we also wanted to target not just. Christians, but people that may not be Christians will um, enjoy the book as well because we wanted to have the book um, from beginning to end be entertaining. Um, you know, like I said before, thought provoking, and people really have a real joy. I mean, the people that we've spoke with really enjoyed the books. They yeah. were like, "Wow, this is something I've never really thought
2: of." You know, <laughs> yeah. those who are those who are Christians, those who are not they all get something out of the book. It's kind of like the story of Esther. God's not mentioned one time in it, but he's all through it. And so that's kind of like the way that we write in a way. Uh, We mention and give credit to God, but uh, developing a sense of courage, developing a sense of honor and worth, uh, those are things that we feel that should be in any good book. Uh, there's a uh, challenge of of identifying what is good and what is evil, and then trying to live a life that's pleasing uh, uh, to God and also healthy and helpful for people. So anyone who reads our book, they're going to enjoy it.
5: Uh, we don't have; it's not really our goal. wasn't to be preachy or anything like that. It was just really showcasing or developing a story that was. Fun, adventurous, the romance, the oh no, she didn't moments in the book that people will see, especially in the coming home book. So we just wanted to have something that was fun for anyone to be able to read. We've been we kind of joke about it, but we really, I mean, we are kind of serious too about who can actually read this book. And it, we say from eight to a hundred years old could could read our books.
4: So, um, I'm I'm really fascinated by that um the the idea that there's a fantasy fiction component to this series and yet a lot of fantasy fiction books create their own worlds and their own gods and their own demons and that's that's part of what makes it the fantasy um how do you find fantasy and truth and combine them?
2: What happens is that I take things that are actually scripture, that are actually in the Bible, like um, whether, whether there's witchcraft or whether there is prophecy, whether there is uh, a prophetic thing in it, a wisdom, uh, discernment. I take I can take the fruit of the spirit, I can take the gifts of the spirit, and apply them in ways that are going to help people understand it better. But uh, it may seem like fantasy, but those are true. But it's done, it's embellished <laughs> in, in such a way that, uh, for instance, like the Red Sea, the open of the Red Sea, and we have in the first part of the book where, Joel, one of the... In the treasure tree. In the treasure tree, mm-hmm. where uh, he jumps off of this ship and all of a sudden it's like, he's going to kill himself, you know? And then there's this wave, John wave that just catches him and lay, and sits him down on the beachfront there. And uh, that's kind of like taken out of the waves that were the waters that were divided and they were just up and people walked through on dry land. But we took it and just, have this guy being caught in the wave and, and sat on the beach. So a lot of the ideas of the fantasy ideas, they come out of the Bible as well. Um, from, <laughs> it's just a wild imagination that comes through, and God helps me see things. Uh, that And the demonic aspect, of course, those things are real, but we embellish a little bit of that uh, to scare the hair off the head of people. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and it grabs and they say, oh my gosh, you know, and so you can tell that that's a little far out there, but it holds (laughs) their attention, and they enjoy it, and we just get fun, we have fun out of it, so. Are,
4: Are you able to generate a different moral to each story?
2: Actually, uh, the morality, the, um, a moral story is one that you, something you can learn from that's going to help you. Uh, and the moral of the story, um, when you say, what's the moral of the story? In other words, what is it there that's going to help a person be a better person or identify so that they won't fall into pitfalls and things of that sort? And that's what we look for. Uh, I think every good story is going to have to have that to it. Oh, yeah. And so many different people reading it get something
5: out of it. I mean, it's so subjective to the person that's reading it. Some people, they, they, you know, maybe get patience, like, oh, my gosh, I need to be more patient in this area because this particular character is doing that, or maybe there's a trust factor that they need to grow in. So there's just so many different elements that we have in, in the first book and the second book that people can learn from. Yeah,
2: And choosing your friend.
5: Definitely. That's yeah. a huge one.
2: Making sure you're, right, you're around the right people that can give you information that's going to help you instead of harm you. Uh, giving advice that's helpful. Uh, learning, how to, learning from your mistakes. All that's in the books that we're writing because we want people to be healthy in their, in their mental, you know, and holistically. We want them to be able to see things uh, that's good and wholesome rather than to get involved in something that's going to destroy your life.
4: Um, how, do you, how do you craft a story in such a way that it is suspenseful?
5: Well, one thing I have to, I have to give credit to the Lord because he's really helped us in every aspect of the book. Uh, but for me, I think I have to sit down and say, is this a book that I actually would want to read myself? Is this something that I can see myself reading over and over again. And that kind of helps helps me when I'm with dad and we're creating these books, helps me cultivate the storyline and to keep it because, you know, sometimes when you're reading or looking at a movie and then there's some places in the the storyline that can kind of go a little bit, you know, flat. I just didn't we just don't want that in our book. So we, we kinda of think about is this something that we would actually want to read? Yeah, Renee,
2: Renee has this neat thing about backstory that she does. She'll take the characters uh, individually and then she'll backstory it and say, well, this is why this person is this way and give uh, just create a background as to why they're the way that they are. If a uh, little girl or someone's having a, a hard time, even as an adult, laughing to her when she was a child. And so Renee has a way of just going and and in the the characters which gives me more fodder to to to, to uh put into the book say ah oh, i wasn't thinking about that that's a good idea and then i can weave it into the story uh so that's kind of like how it works why it takes a while but that's, <laughs> that's how it kind of flows
4: well yeah bruce you said that uh that you write the story and then Vernie comes in and um does a treatment to it how many times does it go back and forth
5: oh no (laughs) why did you ask that (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I don't even know it was I mean it it was a lot (laughs) a a lot a whole lot
4: (laughs) but with a whole with the whole book or in bits and pieces like chapter by chapter for example
2: well, it's the whole book it's about chapter by chapter, but it's the whole book that we that we we do go through, and we take each chapter and we'll 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 do that one then we'll move to the next one and so when we finish then it, it only takes about one maybe two times to go through the entire book to relook at it, but we try and get each chapter done so that we won't have uh, yeah, I
5: mean we go through the whole book, but then there's the discussion okay this needs to be probably changed what can we omit out um, that we don't need for the storyline or what do we need to put in the storyline or this part of the book is a little bit slow or redundant you you know or redundant those kind of things so yeah we go through the whole book and then i take it and then i start
2: changing things
5: (laughs) start <laughs> stuff around and putting, you know, some different twists and turns in the story. Especially
2: if I get a little you bit know? Too, a little so. bit too preachy then just <laughs> okay, you know, this is not a sermon, this <laughs> is a book. So <sighs>
4: is it is it hard not to fall into preaching, Bruce?
2: Well, yeah, definitely for me it is, but I understand what uh what we're trying to do here and then I'm an old testament Um, person as well. And those of you, that's not too preachy. That's really a lot of action, a lot of... So I kind of revert back to my assorted background in the Old Testament.
4: (laughs) Fire and brimstone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: that kind of thing. That brings out the the monsters and all the other kind of things. They put them in their place, so yeah.
4: How much of a role does your uh, publisher play in the final editing of the book?
2: Well, uh, we, do, we have uh, an editor that goes through, uh, does all of the grammatical things that need to be done. They hardly ever interfere with the storyline or anything of that sort. They'll just basically go through and do what they do in a way of putting it in order. Then they send it back to us, and we go through again mm-hmm. and either accept or straighten out or reject, you know, whatever they've said, and then we send it back to them. Uh, for another review, and then
5: uh, yeah, usually
2: uh, usually it works out yeah. that that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we have a pretty good publisher. They're 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 really good people. They they stick with our storyline. They don't just destroy the the foundation of what we're doing.
4: Um, how tough has it been to continue to work and and to really launch this book, for example? Um, during the pandemic?
2: Well, uh, it it wasn't really that hard because in writing, we just, we stick together anyhow. Uh, We're we're almost together every day or often. So uh, we don't have to worry about offices and things of that sort. We just hang together and just get it done. Uh, We sometimes talk over the phone or either uh, I'll send a copy of what I have uh, to Vernet, and she'll go over. it. Then we go back and forth like that, uh, and read through it or converse. And so we're we're using every media Techno- method.
5: technological method as possible.
2: Yeah, uh, and getting that done. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a big hassle or anything. us. but when we come together, it's it's really good because uh, then we can. Uh, really see each other's face and eyes and, and 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 the emotional things that go with that. Because there are some there are some real strong emotions uh that come through the book um, mm-hmm. from uh laughter to tears. And uh, after I read it through myself, I said tears <laughs> I shed tears myself then, man, this is, this is what so but we've had so many of our friends and and people who just read it says, this is really dynamic. says uh, how you guys put that together is just fantastic. I say it's the Lord because mm-hmm. when we do stuff, we pray about it, uh, we uh, just uh, well, hey, <laughs> just allow just allow the Lord to use our, our imaginations mm-hmm. and things, and it just comes. You sit down and you just write. And I, I have to say this too, that all my writing and everything that I do that Verde and I do, it's from a an extensive prayer life, you know, and, and reading of our words. So you gotta in order to get something out of something, you gotta put something in. So as we put word and the spirit of the Lord in our lives, then that comes out in the forms of these books and whatever is there, whatever's inside of you is eventually gonna come out. It's kind of like the measure you give is the measure you get back. And so, and the treasure that we have inside of us is what we're trying to share with people who are out there. So that's why we call it the Treasure Tree Series, because there are all kinds of treasures that are available. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. But in the books, the series that we're having, the Treasure Tree Series, uh, coming home to second one, and that deals with a lot of. Uh, things also how a young man the, the whole thing is about a young man trying to find his destiny, you know, and uh, find his place uh, in life, and also bringing other people along with him
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, to enjoy the things that he experiences and things that he learns. So, uh, but it's not a Superman type thing, you know. One character, yeah, the Superman. No, it is a lot of characters. There are a lot of characters and a lot of people who play a major part in Matt's life and they're also you'll find that those characters play will play a part in your life in your thinking process and to help you to help you uh, find out where you are and so that you can travel a road that's healthy, that you can travel a road that where you can find the adventure and you can find the treasures and uh, adjust your own life style. Mm-hmm.
4: Have you been able to interact with people who have read the first book and, and get feedback and, and um, hear their impressions?
5: Yes, we actually we definitely have, um, from small children to adults, and what we've garnered from what they've said is, man, I can't put the book down. I, it was, it's so good. I mean, when is the next book coming out? When is the next book coming out? So I mean it's a joy to hear that from people that truly like the book and and they were waiting on the second book and now they're down. We just uh yesterday I had two people tell me that they've finished the second book already and I'm like, Oh my gosh, really? Like I was so excited. It's like and when's over...
2: the third one coming. Yeah, said, it's Man. over three
5: hundred pages the the second book and um they just read it and I was I was really excited about it.
2: So. I have motorcycle friends yeah. of mine, and those guys, they, they said, I said, hey, guys, how about reading this book, we're talking about the treasure tree? They said, we don't read books. It's a small book. I said, go ahead and read this. Said, we don't read books. Said, <laughs> you will like this. So they read it, and they said, man, that was fantastic. Uh, when's the next one coming out? And so now they have the next book. And so we're thrilled buy it because if people read the book yes. and they don't enjoy it, there's something wrong there. <laughs> But, yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If you like a good story, if you like a good, um, you know, involvement, then you're gonna enjoy these books.
5: And the first book, The Treasure Tree, it's pretty much kind of like an introduction just to the five book series. So the Treasure Tree is a little over a hundred pages, and some people that actually are oh, I'm not really a big reader, they they kind of take a chance on the Treasure Tree because it's not as big um and they they loved it and then they're just waiting on the second book so now they have the second book that has a whole lot more to it as far as details and new characters and more adventures and they're just ready to
2: read it so and they are and they appreciate it being longer <laughs> yes
4: and and uh and now they're waiting for the third book um you know, I always—we're just about out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about uh, both of you and um, and all of your work—past, present, and future. Do you have a website?
5: We actually do. You can go to thetreasuretreebook.com, dot com, and they also can follow us on all social media platforms. At the Treasury Book. So that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
4: Well, I'll tell you, it's been a real pleasure talking with uh, with both of you, and um, it sounds like a great series. And uh, I hope people will uh, will will check it out. And I wish you all the best with this book and the next one, and and the next one after that.
5: Thank you. And they can, if they'd like to purchase the book, they can go to Amazon.com.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. All
2: yeah. right. Absolutely. Tom, we have thoroughly enjoyed uh, your talk with us, and thank you so much thank for you. inviting us onto your show.
4: Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. You too.
2: Hey, you too. Bless you.
4: That was um, Bruce and Vernay Ewing. The uh, co-authors, their father and daughter, and co-authors of a book called *Coming Home*, and uh, it's part of the uh, Treasure Tree series. It's the second. There's a third one. Uh, I think it's called *Rain of Fire*. No, *The Rain of War* uh, that'll be coming out uh, once this one has uh, completed its initial launch. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. We will, uh, well, we've still got lots more of the Tom Sumner Program, so by all means, stick around. And don't forget, tomorrow is Election Day. If you haven't voted by mail, if you haven't delivered your ballot to your your local township or city village clerk, um, be sure and get out to the polls tomorrow and vote. And tune in Wednesday and hear us talk about Tuesday's vote on armchair politics. We'll be back with more right after this.
7: alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila!
5: Those hands, no matter
0: whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly, and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself.
6: Go. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. In the interest of goodwill, the Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this: all Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange. It's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you. Could you be happy?
4: This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
6: Now, in order for you to understand what I'm going to do next, I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there, a couple of days. <laughs> but he was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. <laughs> He was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. (laughs) He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a So was his wife. However, <laughs> besides being a brilliant, th- <laughs> he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in <laughs> Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. <laughs> He was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he, uh, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. <laughs> Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible, <laughs> but it sure held a lot of gravy. <laughs> I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called four up. (laughs) But it it wasn't successful at all. So he invented five up, but still it didn't click. You know, then came six up, but still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But Little did he know how close he came. (laughs) Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. (laughs) So I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. (laughs) One day, when I was four years old, my father came home and he found me in the living room in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry because we didn't have a fireplace. (laughs) There I sat, and here my father stood, burning up. He pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. So my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. <laughs> you see, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here. In the head. My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. <laughs> you now in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. (laughs) Male, female, and convertible. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer, but I ain't going. Once I made up my mind what I was going to be and that's the way it's going to be. (laughs) What I meant to tell you before was and this is not a joke this is really a fact that two weeks ago we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. (laughs) How could he be? He died when he was 29. (laughs) But what I meant to say was that he was the one who went crazy, and his mother used to say that he went crazy because he never got the woman he loved, and that's a lot of nonsense because his brother went just as crazy, and he got her. This was
0: another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. no